All righty. Well, I'm getting kind of nostalgic today. I don't know. I um, These banners uh, here for John, you follow me, uh, that you may believe. They've been on the stage of this church for uh, two years, almost two years. That's crazy. This is the last time you're going to see these banners. They have used up their worthiness, their, 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 their functionality. It's, this is it. This is the last message that I'm going to preach in John for a while. I don't know. I mean, if God leads me back, I'll preach there next week. But uh, I, I don't plan to preach John again for a while. And so we're in John chapter 17. Go ahead, open your Bible. We've preached this in our church several times because it is the Lord's Prayer. Many people say that uh, Matthew 7 or Luke 11 is the Lord's Prayer. That's the Lord showing us how to pray. But this is the Lord praying. This is the Lord's Prayer. And um, it's special. It's unique. Um, I would love to be able to pray like this, but I'm not Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is saying things that, hold on, like, no, I don't have eternality. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Incarnation, no. Uh, election, no. Like, those things, you know, those are doctrines. And they are true of him, but not of me. He's God, I'm not. He's God in flesh, and he's trying, modeling, showing his disciples how to pray. And so the title of the message tonight, real simple, ask, ask. Now, how many of you guys like, <laughs> how many of you have heard a message on prayer before? All right. Any good Christian has. This is a, this is a <laughs> great thing. Um, I'm not going to try to wow you. I'm not going to try to um, give you something clever or different. I'm going to give you what I studied, what I heard the Lord speaking, what what I feel is important. And uh, I, all I know about this passage and about what we've been talking with the upper room discourse, you know, how Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Then he says, Love one another, a new commandment I give to you. And then he goes, and they're all sad, right? And he says, hey, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> but I'll send you another comforter, one like me, the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit of truth. He's going to remind you everything I said. And abide in me. You can abide in me. Like a branch is in a big tree. You can abide in me. How? What's the connecting piece? The Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, you can abide in Jesus right now. And he says all these things, and then he says this in the last verse of chapter 16. I have said these things to you that in me, abide in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, you may have peace. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says this. So, to get to the outline, and you could see it right in your uh, online connector uh, or a bulletin there, 
where we went for the connect register, ask, okay, I'm going to get in a couple passages here, but this is the point. This is, Jesus is clear that we need to ask. One of my favorite verses about prayer is Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and hidden things, mysteries that you don't know. I'll surprise you, God says. I'll wow you, God says. I'll give you more than you ask for or can imagine. And yet, I don't pray to the enough. I don't pray with enough fervency. I don't pray with enough time, energy. I don't give enough of myself to asking the Almighty God to do what only He can do. And I think we all feel that way, right? I'm not beating you up about it. I'm saying it for myself, so you're off the hook. But I think we all kind of have this like, ah, I know how powerful this is. Why don't I do it? You know, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I don't know if I even asked God for anything. How did I go through 24 hours without communing with God? It happens. My goal, my target today is to exhort you, to encourage you, to build you up in your most holy faith so that you will be more encouraged this week than you've ever been to go ask God. All right? So first of all, who do you ask? Who do you ask? All right? So ask my father in Jesus' name. That's the first point. Ask my father in Jesus' name. That's who? The father in Jesus' name. Well, you might as well throw the Holy Spirit in there too, right? Like, I'm not going to belabor this. I just want you to just kind of do a little walkthrough like we did last week. So go John chapter 14, just a couple verses. He's been making this really clear. John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, Jesus speaking, will also do the works that I do. Well, unless Jesus is a liar, you can do things that Jesus did. And I don't think he's a liar. So that's up to you. And greater works than these will he do. Like if you take Jesus at face value, you got some powerful stuff coming this week. Because I am going to the Father. Why are we going to do things greater than him? Because I am going to the Father. What does because I am going to the Father mean? I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. This is John 14, verse 12. Look at verse 13. Whatever you ask, I circled that in my Bible, ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me, me is in some manuscripts, not in all, so let's just leave it out for now. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, look across the page at John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask, I underline that again, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I think that's 
a key verse for the future here. Look at verse 16, just down the page. Chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you, guess what he's going to say again? Ask. I mean, it's not rocket science. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, there's the point right there. Ask the Father in my name. He may give to you. Okay, one more. Look across at John chapter 16, verse 23. John chapter 16, verse 23. In that day, you know, after Jesus dies, raised from the dead, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, that's the point, number one, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Why? Because they just asked him directly. Hey, Jesus, can you make... Uh, Water turn into wine? Yes. Can you walk on water? Yes. Can you feed 5,000 people? Yes. Okay, thank you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Circle this. Ask, and you will receive that your joy, another fruit of the Spirit, may be full. All right, here's the point. Ask. Who? The Father. In Jesus' name. It's not rocket science. Why did I say my? I just want to give one minute to this. Why did I say my Father? Why didn't I say our Father? Why didn't I say the Father? I think there's a progression here. Jesus came and God was Yahweh. And Jesus introduced us to a God named the Father. Yes, yeah, Yahweh. But the Father, if you have a dad, we all have a dad, whether we know him or not, right? The Father is a very intimate term. I have a father, a daddy, a protector, a provider. So, it goes from the Father, and he uses the word Father. Let me, let me look in my Bible and make sure I got it. He uses the word Father 53 times in John 13 through 17, what we've been studying. And he uses the word Father 122 times in John. Do you think he's introducing you to something? The Father. All right. But then he says, Our Father, when he gets to the prayer, right? Pray this. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Kingdom come. Your will be done, right? Our Father. But I'm saying my Father because he's Abba. He's Daddy. He's my Father. When you get to a spot where you go from the Father, yeah, I know him, to our Father, oh yeah, he's just kind of like the God we go worship at church, to my Father, somebody I talk to, somebody I commune with, somebody I worship personally, then 
you've turned a corner. And I think it's a huge turn, corner to turn. So that's why I use the word my right there. Okay, let's go to the second point. Flip over to Luke chapter 11. I want you to see this from Luke chapter 11. We'll come back in a second to John 17. But see this from Luke chapter 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. He had a habit of disappearing. (laughs) And when he finished, one of his disciples, I want to know who that is, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Well, it's probably one of John's disciples maybe, huh? One of the ones that came across, maybe it was Andrew. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who has indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Now you can go over to John chapter 7 and you can, or uh, John, Matthew chapter 7, and you can see uh, more of that there. Or actually it's in chapter 6, excuse me. I'm going to continue reading the story. There's a point I want to make. And he said to them, right after he said, here's how you pray. Here's who you pray to. Pray this. He said to them, which of you, who has a friend, will go to him at midnight. That's pretty late. I don't be docking on my door at midnight, guys. And say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. They don't live in America. We're spoiled rotten. Our kids sleep sleep down the, the hallway in their own bed. Yeah, kids in your bed. Yeah, that's not a great idea. But hey, that's what they used to do. We're spoiled. I cannot get up. And give you anything. I cannot. No, I will not. (laughs) I tell you, Jesus speaking, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impotence. What is that word? That's a weird word. Well, if you look at the footnote down there, it's persistence. Because of his persistence. Okay, because of his persistence, if he keeps asking, if he keeps knocking, if he keeps saying, hey, I need three loaves of bread. I can't get up. I've fallen. I can't get up. My kids are in bed with me. It's warm and snuggy. Hey, I need three loaves of bread. How many times does it take for him to ask before the guy goes, you ain't messing around. Here, take the bread and go. Leave me alone. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says that's how we should pray? 
my God! My neighbor needs Jesus! My neighbor needs Jesus, God! Ask with persistence. Keep asking. Keep asking again and again and again and again and again. I tell you, he says in verse 9, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, who, the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you if his son, or let's even say daughter, asks for a fish, hey, dad, can I have a treat? Can I have a meal? Will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? That's not funny. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, Jesus says, you're evil. Yeah, I am. Thanks for pointing it out in the most loving way possible. You that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father, ask the father in Jesus' name, how much more will the heavenly father give, what does it say? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He says, you want to pray? Pray like this. Our Father. And he gives a kind of a model prayer there that we've used for a long time. And then he says, don't stop praying. Pray continually. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Seek, knock. You will get what you're looking for. <laughs> and he sums it all up with something we've been talking about the last two weeks. Isn't that unbelievable? He says, hey, ask God to give you a good gift. Ask him to give you the Holy Spirit. Church, third week in a row, have you asked God to give you the Holy Spirit? Because that's the next point. These are things we should ask for there's five of them, ask for the Holy Spirit. We need 100%, we need 100% of the Holy Spirit. 100%. That's kind of a thing to say right now, isn't it? 100%. Like, we need 100% of the Holy Spirit, 100% of the time. So ask for the Holy Spirit. That's the third point. Ask for the Holy Spirit. I've given you a bunch of verses. You can look at them there, but we need 100% of the Holy Spirit. Flip back over to John chapter 17. Let's get into the last points here. Here's point number four. Ask for myself to abide. That's what you need to do. Abide is our series. Ask for myself to abide. See, Jesus gives this prayer and he has three sections. Do you see it there in the, in the passage? What's the first section? What's the first paragraph? Versus what? Somebody give it to me. If I hear somebody online before I hear you, I'm going to be upset. Okay. 
One through five, Jesus is praying for himself. Six through 19 is the next section. What's he praying for? Jesus is praying for his disciples. Now, last time I preached this, I said, pray for your disciples. I'm like, I don't have any disciples. Everybody's a disciple of Jesus. Okay? So I'm going to give it to you a little different this time. I'm learning. I don't have disciples. Jesus has disciples. You should be a disciple of Jesus, not a disciple of Steve. All right? Let's just get that really clear. All right. And then the last section, who is he praying for? He's praying for us. He's praying for the church, all people who will be saved all time. All right. So let's get after it. Here's the first one, which is actually number four in the outline. Ask for myself to abide. John 17, one through five. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, I love that picture. A posture. That's a posture right there. He gave you a picture. Father in heaven, holy is your name. He gave you a posture. That's important. Let's not lose that from verse one. As he prays and models, Father, the hour, that's the cross, we've learned that, has come. Glorify, he's going to say glorify eight times, or glory eight times in this passage. Glorify your son, that the son may, be, may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all who you have given to him. He's talking about election. I can't preach on election tonight. Verse three, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent. He's talking about incarnation. I can't preach about incarnation tonight, okay? Verse four, I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began, before the world existed. Look at it in verse 4. I glorify you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Jesus, being equal to God, submitted himself to the will of the Father. Are we equal? Yes, we are. Do we submit to one another out of reverence to Jesus Christ? Ephesians 5.21? Yes, we should. Jesus is modeling something for us. Something tremendous for us. That it's okay to be like, I'm, I'm just as important as you, Josiah. <laughs> but if Josiah is leading my small group and he says, hey guys, we're going to go out tubing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, let's go. I'm submitting. That's a great idea. Let's go. Jesus models submission to an equal. He teaches us about authority in his prayer. And then in verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. I'm going to be with you, God, again. Remember when we were together? Like, 
forever we were together. <laughs> and I came in down here and I put on flesh. But I did it for these people. With the glory that I had with you before the world existed, the eternality of Jesus. He wasn't a created being. He was always there with God. Very God. So, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I kind of posted something really late last night. I thought I posted it during the day, but eh, it didn't go through. I was like, look for the Holy Spirit in this. As we look through this, that same relationship that God has with the Son, He has with the Spirit. Keep looking for the Holy Spirit as we go through this. Okay, so here's the point. I'm just going to give it to you in a sentence. I put it in the outline because it's rather long. Here it is. Father, use me. If you're going to pray something this week, pray that God will use you. Father, use me to accomplish your work on the earth and glorify your name. That's a prayer we need to pray. God, will you use me today? What's my purpose today? So look at verse four. Jesus says, I have glorified you having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I have glorified you having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What did Jesus ask you to do? What did God the Father ask you to do? What did the Holy Spirit ask you to do today or last year or going forward? You're like, I don't know. I think you should be concerned about that. If you don't know, then how can you do? Now, obviously we're going to find, and in the next section he'll say, the truth is right here. You're going to know what you should do based on this book. Based on the word. Based on Jesus. Based on the Holy Spirit. Who will remind you of all things and teach you all things, the truth. But I'm telling you, I plead with God. God, what's next for our church? Uh, case in point, I thought I was going to preach a series on the Holy Spirit. Not next week, because I'll be gone next week, but Chris Osmus will be here. He'll be preaching. Last time he was at our church, he preached lights out. You're not going to want to miss it. I mean, he can, he'll bring the house down. It'll be awesome. A week after that, I got two weeks. And I don't know what I'm preaching. I thought I was going to preach a, spirit, uh, a series on the Holy Spirit. But now I'm questioning whether or not that's the right thing to do. Would you pray for me that I'll have clarity about what God wants for us? That's important. I don't want to just get up and be like, well, I think God might want me to say this. I preached through John because I thought God was telling us to preach through John. That was two years ago that the elders affirmed that. Now I'm like, oh man, what's next? <laughs> so would you please pray? And would you please pray and ask for yourself to know, God, how do you want to use me? What is my purpose here? Why am I here? What am I doing? All right, I've belabored it long enough. <laughs> next. Next. 
Number five, ask for my fruit to abide. Ask for my fruit to abide. I'm just going to read it straight through. I have manifest your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know the truth that I came from you and that they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. And I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are one, three and one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world and that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Set them apart for holy service. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrated myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. That's Jesus praying for the leaven. There's a couple things in there that are really clear. One is that he wants them to know the truth. So he's told them the truth. He is sending the Holy Spirit to remind them of the truth. And the Holy Spirit will, through men, write the word of God. So they will have the truth in their hand. That is what Jesus is giving his disciples. The truth. And the truth will set you free. That's why we read this book. That's why I devour this book daily. Because this is the truth. 
It is the thing that will set you free in a world that wants to choke you and capture, capture you. Not great news. Except for the truth. That's the good news. All right. The word. But then just look at how many times he says the word gave, gave, given, given, gave, have given, have given, given, given. Our God is a giving God. Between the Godhead, the Father and the Son, they're giving each other. And God the Father wants to give you the best gift he can give you, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to give you so much more than that. He's given you the word. What are you doing with the best gift ever? The Holy Spirit, the word. What are we doing with these gifts? Ask. says, ask for my fruit to abide. I had to make this personal, right? Because, you know, Jesus prayed for his disciples. I mean, you can't pray stuff like this. You can't pray. And for their sake, I consecrated myself. I can't consecrate myself. I can't set myself apart for holy living. He said, I chose you. You didn't choose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I can't set myself apart for... Only the Spirit can do that. Only Jesus can do that. All right. Here's the phrase. Ask for my fruit to abide. So are we supposed to bear fruit? Are we supposed to bear fruit? I'm not moving on. Uh, Yes, we are supposed to bear fruit. He's made that very clear. When you bear fruit, what happens? You want to make sure your fruit will abide because that's what he's told us, that your fruit should abide. And so what is the only thing you can do to make sure your fruit will abide? Well, I'm going to teach them really well. I'm going to coddle them and protect them. I'm going to guard them so nothing can happen. I'm not Jesus. I'm going to pray for them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit keep them and sanctify them. That he protects them and he purifies them. Protection brings joy, right? And purity Well, that can bring joy as well. All right, next one. Let me say this. Father, keep them from the evil one and sanctify them in your word and by your spirit. Protection, joy, unity, and purity are a result of this prayer. You can pray protection for people that you've brought to Christ. You can pray joy. You can pray unity. You can pray purity. Because these things are going to come when you pray for them. Those are, those are prayers you should be praying. All right. Almost the last one. Ask for the church to abide. John 20 
through uh, 26. I do not ask for these alone. Praise the Lord, he didn't ask for just 11 people. Where would we be now? It would have gone from one, Jesus, to 11. And Jesus is like, no, I'm taking this global. I'm taking this to everyone who will call on the name of Jesus. I'm taking this global. I do not ask for these alone, praise you, Lord, but also for those. Did you know that you're in Scripture? Those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, that's unity, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. How close do you think the Father and the Son are? Oh, just like that. Okay, that's how he wants us to be. That's pretty tight. That they may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us. Us. Do you see the Holy Spirit in that? Three in one. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. The giving just keeps continuing. That they may be one even as we, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are one. Three in one. He said that up top as well in verse 11. Now he's saying it again down here. That they may be one as we are one. Verse 22. Look at verse 23. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you love me. How much does God love you? I mean, church, how much does God love you? What did he just say there? How much does God love you? As much as he loves Jesus. How much do you think God the Father loves the Son? Oh, I don't know, maybe a little bit. I mean, he loves him perfectly. God the Father loves you perfectly. We have to stop thinking that we're not perfectly loved. We have to stop thinking that we're not loved by God. We are loved by God just the way we are. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me I have made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known. What? Make it, it, what's it? Your name. That the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. He ends with, and I in them. What does that remind you of? Abide. Yeah, kind of. 
Here's the thing I want to say about this point. Ask for the church to abide. Now, we're a church, a local church, but I I put a big C there because this is the big C church. Ask for every believer of all time, right? Ask for people over at Autumn Ridge. Ask for people at Christ Community. Ask for people at Redemption City, at Echo Church, at Eagle Brook. Ask for all of them. Now, do I know if they're all saved? No, I do not. Do I know if everybody in this room is safe? No, I do not. Right? I don't pretend that people that go to church are saved. I don't pretend that they've asked Jesus to save them for their sin. That repentance is a thing. That they believe that God is really God. And that he could do anything. And that they trust him enough to ask him for the Holy Spirit. Because he's saying to do it. I don't know who's saved and who's not. But I'm praying in a generic way for all those that are saved. What am I praying? I'm praying for unity. That's what he's saying here. Father, unite us in you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that the world will know that you are God and that you love them. The world will know that you are God and that you love them. All right. The last thing. Ask for my Father to send Jesus so that we can see his glory. In Revelation, it says, come, Lord Jesus. And I feel like that's a prayer. He even says it there in verse 24. You could see it. Jesus says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me. Jesus wants to be with us. And he's coming back. And that will be glory. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me, glory for me. When by his grace, I shall look on his face. That will be glory. Be glory for me. That's so good. So, ask. Why is Jesus going to come back? Because the Father tells him to. So ask the Father to send Jesus Christ back. I'm ready. Are you ready? That will be glory. So let's ask. Okay. The title of the message is I've told you to ask for a lot of things, but I, I can't make you ask. The one thing I can't do in this message is make you ask. I can tell you who to ask, the Father. I can tell you how to ask, persistently. 
I can even give you five things to ask for from Scripture. But the application is you must go ask. Choice is yours. Power is there. Church, will you ask? Hopefully this message has been clear. Now let's go ask. Okay? Let's go ask. Let me ask him right now. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's in his name we pray. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit who you give so freely to anyone who will ask. Yes, we might have to ask persistently, We might have to strip ourselves of some of our own sinful desires in wanting the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to fill this place and every person in it and everyone listening online that their soul would be full. God, I ask that I would abide in you this week. I ask that anyone in this room who might be fruit that's come from this ministry or anything in my life, that they would abide, that you would keep them, protect them, that you would sanctify them, that you would purify them in the word and by your spirit. God, And I ask for the church, the church all over the world, Africa, Asia, Europe, persecuted or thriving, maybe persecuted and thriving. I ask God that you will unite all of us. We might be different. We might believe a little different, but as long as we're clear on the gospel, We're family. We're the church of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would unite us in Rochester in such a powerful way that the world will take notice. That the world will know that you are God and that you love them. Because the church is abiding. And God, finally, I pray. Father, send Jesus. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.